We, this is week three of our journey through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we began a journey three weeks ago in the Gospel of Mark, and the reason we did it is because I want you and I to get to know Jesus better. You know, as Christians, we need to know who Jesus is. There's so many people that they probably don't even have an idea who Jesus is. And, you know, we talked about how people might think that Jesus is just a teacher, a prophet. We need to understand what the Bible says Jesus is. So we begin through the Gospel of Mark because I said I haven't done a lot of sermons based on Mark. And, you know, every Gospel writer, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they will give you a perspective about Jesus. They will tell you who Jesus is from their perspective. So I want to take the perspective of, of Mark. We talked about Mark was a disciple of Peter. That's what a lot of, a lot of times people say that Mark, that the Gospel of Mark could be called Memoirs of Simon Peter. So it's like Peter told Mark, hey, you know, this is the story of Jesus. We, we're going on a journey. And Mark was just like writing it down. Mark was also a, an associate of the Apostle Paul. When Paul and Barnabas went on the first missionary journey, missionary trip, Mark went with them. So, you know, this guy had a lot of information about Jesus. I mean, can you imagine hanging out with Peter and Paul? I mean, you get a, a fuller picture of who Jesus is. So we begin chapter one, three weeks ago. The very first sentence in the gospel of Mark is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, he said, the son of God. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. So he already telling you that he's, going to be tell, that he's going to be speaking about Jesus. And he's described as the Son of God. We talked about the Son of God is, in other words, saying that he has the same nature as God. That Jesus, in a sense, is God in the, in the flesh. Jesus is the God-man. And then Mark continues. He says that he went around preaching. Can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, is preaching? And the first sermon ever recorded by Jesus, he told people to repent and believe the gospel. He says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Believe the good news of the gospel. We also talked about, uh, you know, uh, last week we highlighted how Mark talks about Jesus' authority. He has power. We sing, there is power in the name of Jesus. And in the gospel of Mark, you see that already from chapter 1 and chapter 2. He says that people say, wow, he, he teaches not like the scribes. He teaches with, like somebody who has authority. So you see authority of Jesus displaying how he taught the people. You see this, the, the authority of Jesus in how he, he was able to cast out demons. I love that part because the demons saw Jesus and they saw a threat. It's like, whoa, what are you doing here, Jesus? What do you have with us? Have you come to destroy us? They understood that now there's somebody that has the power to destroy them. And we talked about that. If you are a believer, you don't need to be afraid of anything. Not even demons and, and, and Satan himself. Because the one we believe is greater than the one that is in the world. So Mark, just two chapters, we've seen the power of Jesus. The authority. People noticed it already. So you see, it's not just... A regular teacher because they said, well, he teaches with authority. He has authority to heal. We saw that. He was healing people and he was casting out demons. We're going to be seeing another aspect, another uh, incident that Jesus had with the religious leaders in chapter 2. So if you got your Bibles there, I'm going to read a portion, chapter 2, 12 verses. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through following. He says, and when he, this is Jesus, that he, when he returned to Capernaum, 
After some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so there was no, no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. Isn't that amazing? The house is packed, not even at the door. You know, usually people come, try to get through the door. I mean, it's, you cannot even stand at the door because it was packed. It was a full house, and what is Jesus doing? Preaching the word. That's a reference for preaching the gospel. Then he says, and they, uh, verse, verse 3, And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let, him, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes, teachers of the law, these are the scribes, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them, before, before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. This is just two chapters in the Gospel of Mark, and you see what's going on there. Jesus, again, I told you, from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 16, Jesus is sort of going to be preaching, teaching, uh, healing people, casting out demons, or engaging in debates with the religious leaders. That's all you're going to see in the whole Gospel of Mark. I already gave you the movie. So I gave you the preview, so you're going to see that, oh, this is what he was talking about. So when you, any chapter you read in Mark, you're either going to see any of those things, teaching, preaching, casting out, healing, or debating with the scribes. So Jesus is in this house. There's a room in the house. He's preaching. And four men brought a paralyzed man. Now, you've you got to understand. They thought, well, you know, the fame of Jesus was already spreading. They thought, there, there's a man that can heal my friend. Let's bring him to Jesus. So they go to the house. But there's a problem. You cannot enter the house. because, And Jesus is in the middle of a sermon. You know, we preachers don't want to be interrupted sometimes when, you know, when, when somebody... So Jesus is in the middle of the sermon, and imagine, like, all of a sudden, you, see, you look up, and the roof is, like, cracking down. Pieces are falling, falling off. The men had an idea, the four men. We, are, we don't even, Mark doesn't even tell us their names, or even the name of the paralyzed man. They dug, they dug up a, a hole through the roof and lowered the man right to Jesus. So Jesus' teaching got interrupted that day, because now it's like, why does he care? This paralyzed man laying right before Jesus. Look what Jesus said to them. I love it. It says, when he saw their faith. Whose faith? The faith of the four men. Now, you know, usually you go through the, all the miracles of Jesus. It was based on the faith that people have. So your faith has made you well. So we're not talking about the paralytic's uh, faith. We're talking about the faith of the men. Why, why, did, why, why can we say that they have faith? They have faith in us to move and take the friend. They realize Jesus can heal him. Let's bring him to Jesus. That takes faith. Faith is, is an action. 
Faith requires you to move. They did. Because James says faith without action is dead. So they, they show faith in bringing, going to Jesus with a, with, a, with a paralyzed man. And then Jesus said to them, said to the, to the paralytic, Son, your sins, are, your sins are forgiven. Interesting because Mark tells us that we're scribes in the audience. That's another thing you're going to find out. The audience of Jesus. There were many people following Jesus. Sometimes there were people that wanted to see miracles. There were some that truly were disciples of Jesus. But they were the scribes or teachers of the law. They were waiting for Jesus to mess up. So they could say, aha, we got you now. So they're there. They hear, they hear Jesus say, sons, your sins are forgiven. And the Bible says that they were questioning that in their hearts. They were like, I mean, they didn't say it out loud. They were just like thinking why is this man speaking like that? Who has power to forgive sins but only God? And they were right. They're right there. Who has power to forgive sins but only God? And then look at the power of Jesus. He already knew their thoughts. You catch that? Because Jesus perceived in their hearts what they were saying. This is not the only time Jesus does that. One time he was inv invited by Simon, a Pharisee. And there was a woman. Remember the incident? The woman that was a sinful woman came and watched. And, and then he said in his heart, this man was a prophet. He would know what kind of woman it is that's touching him. And this Jesus knew. So, I mean, he already, you see, that's why you and I can never fool God. You know, like, you know, you worship him, whatever. Like, he knows our heart already. He knows that, that we're not really paying attention to him. It's like, you know, we can fool each other all day long. Never God. So these people, they said it in their hearts. Like, mm, like that was a thought they had. He's blaspheming. Blaspheming is you're talking abusively against God. You know, you committed blasphemy, which is punished by death in that culture. So, who is this fellow? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but only God? And you see, what is Jesus doing right there? He's showing him that he was just more than a teacher here. Because he says, hey, sons, your sins are forgiven. So, they, Jesus said, hey, why are you questioning these sins in your heart? Why are you thinking like that? Can you imagine? I mean, he said, hey, why are you thinking like that? What you say? Why are you thinking like that? Which is easier to say to the man? Your sins are forgiven or take up your bed, get up and go home. And then look, here comes, here comes the punch, the finish line of the whole sermon, the thrust of the sermon. So that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, get up, take up your mat or bed, go home. Jesus is displaying his authority here, his power to forgive sins. You notice, you notice too, we, we have covered two chapters. In the first chapter, Mark says, the Son of Man, the Son of God. Jesus, the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, the Son of God. Jesus says, so now you know that the Son of Man, remember I told you those two titles of Jesus? The Son of Man is Jesus' favorite title to talk about himself. The Son of Man, Daniel talks about the Son of Man. Uh, remember, the Son of God is a reference to Jesus' deity, the divinity. The Son of Man is a reference to his, his humanity. Jesus is both God and man. And he's, he's displaying that to the religious leaders, but they missed it. They were right. that only God can forgive sins. And who do you think you're talking to right now? Who do you think is in your midst? God in the flesh. The God man is, is there. And so you know that the Son of Man, they also understood the Son of Man will be the Messiah, the one that will come to restore the kingdom to Israel, the Son of Man. Daniel saw a vision of the Son of Man. 
So Jesus used that title all through the gospel, the Son of Man. He, remember, he said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And you will see the Son of Man descend from him. He's talking about himself. And he says, so you see that the Son of Man, he already told them right there who he was. And they all missed it. We can read it now. It's like, well, what? Jesus is identifying himself as the Son of Man. Because he's the one that says, your sons are forgiven. Uh, your sins are forgiven, son. So that, you, so that you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he healed that paralytic. Get up, make up your bed, and go home. He told him. Like I said, the scribes were right. Only God has the power to forgive, to forgive our sins. But they missed it. That God was right there talking with them. Now, this, this, is, this is dangerous because, you know, how are you going to miss Jesus? God in the flesh is right there. And they just ignore that completely. Jesus is the Son of God, like I say, in the flesh. The Son of Man, the Messiah. The only one that has power to forgive our sins. He has the authority. So you know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. God is right here and you missed. Now the Bible tells us that we are all sinners. We're sinners. Saved by grace. So if we're sinners, we do not even deserve heaven. We don't deserve His grace. You see, that paralyzed man, he's a sinner. Whether you're sick or healthy, you're still a sinner. And you're still going to need repentance. You're still going to need salvation. You're still going to need, need forgiveness. You see, we don't, somebody said, we don't sin because we're sinners. We sin because, uh, how do they put it? They say, you're not a sinner because you sin. They say, you're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. That's how they put it. You're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because that's who you are. You are a sinner. And so the Bible says that we, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible talks about. So we're all sinners, whether you're healthy or, or sick, and we need the forgiveness of God. And you wonder, I mean, he's sick over there. He came for a miracle. He, they brought him to Jesus because he wanted a miracle. He went home forgiven and healed. He went home walking and forgiven. First John, uh, John the Baptist, when he introduced Jesus in Matthew chapter three, you can read about him. Luke, um, Mark chapter one, John the Baptist. The Bible says he was the forerunner of the Messiah, and he also preached the kingdom of God is at hand. One greater, he even said, it, "One greater than me is coming. I'm not even worthy to to untie the sandals of his feet. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." He was talking about Jesus. One greater than John will come. And Jesus is here. And how did John introduce Jesus to the audience? John says, Behold, remember, the Lamb of God who takes away what? The sins of the world. Now the one that can take away the sins of the world, the one that can forgive you and I, is here. First John, also the same writer, John, uh, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, in First John 3, 5 says, tells us that the reason that he appeared, the reason that Jesus appeared was to take away our sin. He came so that our sins be forgiven, our sins be dealt with. Because you and I cannot deal with our sin. We always talk about that we have something in our nature, in our DNA. Maybe you did not know this. It's called the sinful nature. And it doesn't take too long for the sinful nature to be displayed. 
All, all it takes you driving on the road and somebody cuts you off. And that reaction you have? Yeah. Sinful nature. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and you know, we, we, have to, we have to try to control it. And you cannot do it on your own. We're going to need God, Jesus, with the power to help us. Because I always say this. It's hard to, to be kind to people. You know, but being nasty and, and be, being a jerk, that's easy. Because it's in us. You remember, even to, to your kids, some of you who are parents, what do you have to tell them? Be nice to your brother. Be nice to your sister. <laughs> who taught him to be nasty to them? He comes in the package. Yeah. That's how, I mean, it's this, that's the sinful nature in us because we're sinful individuals. The moment that Genesis 3 happened, sin entered in, in our world and we are not exempt from it. We have it in our DNA, the sinful nature. That's what the Bible talks about. We've got to walk with the spirit and not the sinful nature. And now we have these two and we are in between. So the reason that the Son of God, Jesus, appears is to, to take away our sins. My friends, you and I need to understand there is forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how bad you, how, how bad you blew it. And some of us have, have blown it really bad. In Jesus, there is forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that, that is the good news. Jesus is ready to forgive you. But guess what? You must come to him. You know, he's waiting. Like, like the, the, story, the story of the prodigal son. He's waiting for the son to come back and say, I love you this much. I forgive you. You know, some of us Christians, I mean, we are honest with ourselves. We know that we struggle with forgiving people. I mean, sometimes we don't even get along with our brothers and sisters. And the Bible said to love our enemies? you got to be kidding me. No, they're not kidding. You know, that's really what Jesus said. Like, I mean, we struggle loving each other. Guess what? Jesus is ready to display his power to show us, to, to extend grace to us. Grace, something that we do not deserve. He has the power to change filthy sinners and, and transform them into righteous people. Man, that, that's amazing. The blood of Jesus Christ takes away our sins. He will cleanse you up. And it doesn't matter how nasty, you know, there's no, there's no detergent, there's no, there's no hand sanitizer that's going to take your sins away, but the blood of Jesus, Him crucified, and said, your sins are forgiven. He came to forgive us of our sins, to, to forgive us of, of our trespasses, our, our wickedness. And you see, the, the news that we have from Jesus is never think that you have drifted so far away that God could not reach you. Never think that you have gone so far away that he cannot grab you. Never think that you have fallen so bad that he cannot lift you up. Never think that you have sinned so much that his grace will not embrace you. And you and I need to understand that about Jesus. Yes, God detests sin. But we know he loves the sinner. And he's just waiting for, for when you say, Lord, forgive me, I'm here. He's going to embrace you. He's going to take you as your son. So, yes, you, you, may, you might have made a mistake, huge, I mean, really nasty. You, and the Lord said, you come to me, there is restoration, there is forgiveness, there is reconciliation in Jesus. So never underestimate God's power to rescue you. See, it, it took me a while to understand that. Like, like sometimes we say, Lord, how can you use people like us? I mean, we fail at you every day. I probably curse somebody in the way here today. How can you use me? And the Lord said, yes, I know. I know that you curse all the time. I know that you, you messed up. But I love you this much. And guess what I'm going to do? Just like you are, I'm going to transform this 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you as a missionary. I'm gonna transform you from the inside out. The people are not gonna see the mess you made, they're gonna see the Messiah. They're gonna see somebody that is ready to provide forgiveness and grace to you. That's why, you know, I remember I had, I had this conversation with God because, you know, I didn't, I always tell people I didn't wanna be a preacher because I grew up in a preacher's home and that's been a preacher for 50 years now. And that wasn't for me. And I said, Lord, if you want me to be a preacher, you have to change a lot of things in me. Dealing with people, you know, sometimes your friend might stab you in the back. I mean, I don't, mm-mm, that's not for me. And the Lord changed all that. I, I've, been, I've been stabbed in the back, but guess what? That's part of the package. It comes, you know, all the things that's going to happen. But, but we got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because we're here for him. So never think, never underestimate God's power to do amazing things through you. So how can God use somebody like us? I mean, think about how can God use somebody like the Apostle Paul? He was a murderer. He murdered the first Christians in the first century. And God used him to be the greatest missionary of the Christian church. He, he brought the gospel all over the place. So it doesn't matter what you've done. There's always room for forgiveness at the feet of Jesus. But you and I need to move. That paralytic was sick. He was brought to the one that can heal him. He was brought to Jesus. You and I, whatever mess, mess we're in right now, bring him to Jesus. Because, you know, sometimes we're going to run out of resources. We're going to run out of things to say. It's like, I'm in a mess. I don't even know how to get out. I don't even know how I got, how I got myself in in the first place. And I don't even know how to get out. Bring that with all of you. You see, Jesus, that's the beauty of that. He's going to take you with all the baggage. You know, there are churches today that they want to clean you up before, the, before you come to church. Or you're going to come to church like that. Or you're going to... Jesus said, hey, come as you are. Because I guarantee you, once you spend some time with me, you're not going to leave the same. You're not going to go out the same. Because he will transform you from the inside out. Never underestimate what God can do when you come to him. He can do through you. He has the power to rescue you, to save you, and to forgive you. Of all wickedness or unrighteousness. So, do you, do, you, do you catch that? Jesus, power to teach. He taught with authority. Authority to heal. Authority to cast out demons. And now what's the authority? To forgive sins. So that you know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So, get up. Go home, man. That's the Jesus that you and I worship. So, whatever it is you're dealing with today... Anxiety, whatever it is, you have a, you have the one that can that can save you from that. You have the one that can bring uh, sanity into whatever it is the, the insanity you're going through. He can bring sanity. Remember, he's called the Prince of Peace. So even you know, sometimes people going like like a chicken without head, running around. But the Prince of Peace will keep you calm in the midst of the storm. That's what Jesus does. That's the God that you and I worship. So we saw another aspect of Jesus, and this sermon will be to be continued. <laughs> so we'll see what happens next week. Tune up for the same channel some of you are watching. So it's going to be week four in the series, Getting to Know Jesus Through the Gospel of Mark. Would you pray with me this morning?